Corinthians 2 and 2. Since the first of the year, we've, been, we've had a mandate to keep things simple because as human beings, we try to do God's work for Him and we can't do His work for Him. We just need to submit ourselves and then He will work through us. God's not impressed with our works. He's impressed with our obedience. And so uh, we need to start simply and deal with simple things. The first simple thing is what Paul said is that he determined not to know anything, nothing ex among all of you except Christ and Him crucified. So if we start there, that's the simplicity of the gospel. How many of you believe in Christ and Him crucified today, that He paid the penalty for your sin? I believe that. That's where the whole thing starts. We can debate things. We can, we can do all kinds of works and give all kinds of testimonies. But the basis, the cornerstone is what he did for us. Christ and him crucified. And then John 3.16. We can go there. Keeping this in mind. This is the foundation of our faith. He's the chief cornerstone. He's the stone of the that the elders rejected, that the people rejected. He's now become the building block for all of us. John said, for God so loved the world. God so loved you and me. God so loved us that he gave his only son, his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him would not perish, but have eternal life. Do you have eternal life today? I have eternal life. No matter what happens in this world, I have eternal life. Nobody can take that from me because I'm not going to lay it down because it's a gift. It's a heavenly gift. Man will try to tell you a lot of things and get you to do a lot of things. But what we need to do is recognize the gift that's been given to us, which is our salvation. Now go to 1 Corinthians chapter 5, if you would. I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians 15. I'm going to lay a foundation here. Verse 1, and then we're going to end up at verse 10. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1. This is Paul again. You know, the, the gospel that, that we hold in our hands today, the book that we hold, what we preach has been handed down to us. So we must be uh, vigilant in keeping the simplicity of the things handed down to us. Man can debate forever, but says here, Paul says this, I declare unto you the gospel. What is the gospel? Well, he's going to say it right here. The gospel which I preached unto you, which you also have received. The day I got saved, I realized I was a sinful man, just like Mike shared on uh, uh, Wednesday, when God when the glory of God filled the temple, Isaiah said, woe is me because I am a sinful man. And by being sinful men, we need a remedy for being sinful men. Isaiah was a prophet of God, but when he really met up with the majesty of God, it totally floored him. And he said, I am a sinful man. Woe is me. You know what? The angel came and took a coal and put it to his lips. And he said, nope, nope. You're cleansed by the heat of the Holy Spirit, the majesty of the Holy Spirit. There's nothing that can stand before a mighty God that he can't heal. 
So we pass that down. And we stand in that today. He said, I preach unto you the gospel which you have received, and wherein ye stand. We need to stand firm in the things of God that have been passed down to us. From generation to generation, I'm glad my kids have been raised in a godly home, and they've got a godly mother. And you pass that down from generation to generation. It's a gift. It's a precious gift. And then he said, by which you were also saved. What were we saved by? Saved by the grace of God. Which you were also saved. If you keep in memory, that would I preach to you. What did he preach to us? Christ and him crucified. Anybody ever been in a church situation where things just get so complicated that it becomes overwhelming and things like that, and you're looking for somewhere to anchor? Well, the song says, I've anchored my soul in the haven of rest. I'll sail those crazy seas no more. He becomes an anchor of our soul. And you, you know what? Uh, when a ship is anchored, they let the anchor down, they grip something, but that ship can still move. Still move. By the length of the anchor, it can start out over here and the tide will bring it this way and it'll bring it back around. If you sit and watch, it's amazing because it has a radius that it's tethered to. It has a central point that it's tethered to that everything is based on. You weigh anchor. They drop the anchor. You don't stay in one spot, but you stay in the spot. And what our anchor is, is our faith And what has been passed down to us, the promises of God. We can live and rotate in that lifestyle, which is the lifestyle of a Christian. And we won't drift too far off if we keep in remembrance the things that have been handed down to us. I know the day I got saved, I was a sinful man and I needed a Savior that could take my sins away. That's what I heard. Everything else came after that. But the central point was, is I was a big sinner, and I needed a big Savior. And that's exactly who he became. Anybody else know that today? Paul said, I preach this unto you, and don't believe in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received. We live in a time today of uh, everybody wants to be noticed. Everybody wants to put a name on. Let me say this before I go any farther. I love everybody. I love everybody. And the things I'm going to say next are not meant to hurt anybody. But we have to have certain standards in our life that separate us as Christians. Theodore Roosevelt, who was a great president, said once that we start hyphenating everything and putting a qualification on what kind of American we are or what kind of this or what kind of... Then things get complicated because we get off the gist... You know what? I was born in the United States. I'm, a, I'm an American. I'm a U.S. citizen. And I don't have to put something in front of that to qualify who I am. That's a trick of the devil to get us to look for our qualifications or our identity in any place else but God. And Paul said the importance is, how many of you raised up in the 50s? Anybody in here? Most of you. Anybody 50s and 60s? Remember the basic goodness that we lived under back then. There's a basic goodness in the heart of people because they didn't stray too far from the anchor of their soul, from the haven of rest. There was a basic goodness. But over the years, things have changed. I read yesterday 
And understand what I'm saying here. Our identity needs to be in Christ and in him only. So now I was thinking about yesterday, what the devil did in the garden is he came to Eve and he said, how come you don't eat off that tree? I'm paraphrasing this. So how come you guys don't eat off of that tree? And she said, well, because he said, I can have everything else except that. See, man wants the thing except that. He wants to be able to partake in anything he wants to be able to partake in. And then they hook their identity on that, and everybody else has to accept their identity, but it's not the identity that Christ had for them. So we live in a time today where we have, uh, they keep on adding letters to things. And pretty soon we're going to have the whole alphabet to qualify people. That's not the way God intended it. Our identity needs to be in him. And Eve said, well, everything all right? Everything good? We love you, Sandy. We love you. Gary's right over there anxiously waiting for you. Thank you, girls, for going back. So here's what we do, and it's getting worse all the time, and we're being conditioned to believe these things. Now, we all know, what is our standard for our life? Our standard is the Word of God. That's the Scripture. That's the reference point. That's the anchor part. Okay, that's what we're anchored to. Paul said, don't forget that. Christ and Him crucified. This is why he came. Don't forget it. And we get all these other things to try to qualify who we are. The Bible teaches that the lesbian lifestyle is not a correct lifestyle. And whenever you preach like this, people get mad at you. But we must stand on what the standard is. Because when the standard gets changed, the anchor gets changed, everything else around it gets influenced. That basic goodness that we had back in the 50s influenced society. Did we do things wrong? Well, of course we did things wrong. There were biases and prejudices and everything else, but there was a wholesome goodness because back then people believed in the standards of God. And when we remove ourselves from the standards of God, then we can label ourselves as anything. LG which is a refrigerator, but it means something else here. Please don't get mad at me today. I, I have to preach this, though, because I'm worried about the standards that we set for ourselves. Mike, Mike said if we don't trust in the one true God, then we make a God of our own design. Well, listen, that means me. And I can't save myself today. I cannot... I can't do it. I need a Savior. You need a Savior. We need a standard. Because if we don't have a standard, then anything goes. And that's what's going on in our society today. We are not people of hate or unforgiveness. But we are people that must have a standard in our life or things turn into what they're turning into now. Paul said everything's expedient. He can go out and do anything he wanted. He's a Pharisee. He's this. He's a teacher. He's this. But... Guess what? Christ and Him crucified is all 
that matters. So I, they came up with a couple new letters yesterday, and we love everybody. LGBT QIA. Now we got a QIA on it. I can't keep up with all this. And what is happening in our country is our standard is being changed all around us. So let's see what Paul had to say for it. He said, I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received. This is the gospel that's been passed. And look what he says. Christ died for our sins. Christ died for our sins. 1 Corinthians 2, 2. Here again, Christ died for my sin. That's what we need to know. And here's what qualifies it. Here's the standard. According to the scriptures. What's the, what's the basis? The scripture is the basis for everything that we do and say. Paul said, I give it to you. Christ died for our sins, not because Paul made it up, but because that's the standard, the scripture, the scripture, the scripture. That's what we stand on. How many of you got your Bibles today? The scripture. That's the standard. He didn't say according to me, but according to the scripture. When we mention these things, hyphenated society and all these kind of things, we're not standing in judgment of anybody. But what we're saying is, is that God has set a standard that makes people's lives a whole lot easier if they would just adhere to that. What, excuse me. What happened to Eve is God presented a certain standard. And we live in a time of great turmoil. But in John it says, He'll give us a peace that passes all understanding. You know the biggest thing that they lost? He said, what did God tell you about this? And he said, well, God says that we'll be like gods and we'll know everything. That's what God said. Don't touch that thing. Don't do it. Don't be anchoring what you know on that thing. They're anchored on what I've told you to do. And Satan did this. He said, that's not what God means. And the minute that starts, you know what the, the greatest lack that they had after they sinned? Is they used to walk with the Lord in the cool of the evening. I don't know about y'all, but there's some times that are just special. You just feel the presence of the Lord. That's something that they had to look forward to. And what I'm trying to say is they lived in a world of perfect peace. Their standard was what? What God said. And when they breached that standard, and this applies to people and countries and organizations, and when they breached that standard and they had nothing to tie to, you know what they lost? They lost their peace. Think about it a minute. They walked with the Savior every in the cool of the day, but when they sinned, immediately they lost their peace. This is what happens to individuals. It's what happens to countries. It's what happens, you know, a church should be a place of peace. But it can only be a place of peace if we follow the standards that God set in his word, which has been passed down. Christ died for us who were sinners, according to the scripture. And look what else it says. He was buried, and then he rose again the third day. According to what? According to the scripture. What happens in society is we lose our peace. 
Because the standard that God set, love your brother as yourself, love, love God with your whole heart, do this, that's the standard that he set. And the minute we start including other things, then we lose our peace, don't we? How many of you remember when you got saved? The day you got saved, the place you got saved, you might remember that. But you know what? By accepting the simple sacrifice of what he said he would do, that he must be crucified, he'll be buried, but he'll be raised again on the third day. I believe that he sits at the right hand of the Father making intercession for me. That's the standard. He saved me, he'll keep me saved. So we can't change. How you guys doing today? Good to see you. Amen. But it's all according to the Scripture. Everything we have is according to the Scripture. Now go down to verse 10. You know, we hear a lot. Another point I wanted to make here is, is we hear a lot about people being the first to do this, the first so-and-so to do this, the first blah, 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 blah. We measure society sometimes about this. He's the first guy that ever did this, or they're the first person, you know, with three heads that ever did this or whatever, you know. And we focus on the first person. But scripturally, salvation-wise, who was the first one? that bore our sins, that pointed the way to life eternal. He's the first one. He's the only one that died on a cross and took my sin upon him. And when Paul realized this, he says in verse 10, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. There's nothing else, no works, no giving, nothing like that. By the grace of God, we are what we are. We are a privileged people to live under a Savior that gave himself for us. Amen? He said, by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace was bestowed upon me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In other words, grace and peace. We can have a grace and peace in our life that the world can't give us. So if we constantly try to qualify ourselves by the society to be accepted, well, I believe this, I believe that, then we're ignoring the standard. And if we ignore the standard then we lose all basis of reality because we trust in other things to make us whole. Thank God he's made us whole. Paul said, who shall deliver me from being this wretched person that I am? I thank God through Christ Jesus. So today, we thank God through Christ Jesus that he was the first one. And we're just part of many Christians. I don't have to qualify it by anything else except what the Word of God says. And he said, God has bestowed a great grace on me, and I know that it wasn't in vain. Paul said, I don't frustrate the grace of God. Go to Philippians, if you would. Hallelujah. Galatians 1.4. Paul, again, writing to the Galatians, says, who gave himself for our sin. He gave himself for our sin that he might deliver us from the present evil world according to the will of God our Father. People need deliverance. The greatest deliverance is forgiveness of sin. And it says here, 
He gave Himself for our sins. Don't believe the lie, which is another false identity that says that there's other ways to be saved. That's not what the Scripture says. Somebody tell me what the Scripture says about being saved. He's the standard. That if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, we shall be what? We shall be saved. And we shall say saved. And we will not frustrate the grace of God. You know, the cross speaks mercy and grace and deliverance and access. And it says once we're part of the kingdom of God, we can come boldly before the throne of grace. We don't have to slither around a certain way. He loves us and he gave himself for us. And Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God and nothing else. My identity needs to be in him and in nobody else. I don't need to qualify the name Christian. The name Christian should represent a certain standard, a certain tentative belief. But now even churches, we have a hard time agreeing on what we believe. What we need is a good old-fashioned revival inspired by the Holy Ghost where people don't question the things of God, but they know that everything that they are is because of the grace of God, and that's what they stand in today. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Ah. Let's go to another scripture. 2.20, Galatians 2.20. Paul said this, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Think about what that means for a minute. Christ lives in me. Christ lives in you. And the life which I now live, I live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God, who did what? who loved me and did what? Gave himself for me. And then he said, I don't frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness comes by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. He was the first one. He's the only one. He's the final one. He said he's the way, the truth, and the life. Truth is that which agrees with final reality. And we can qualify who we are, LGB, this. Stuff. The only qualification we need is that we believe in Christ as our Savior. The world would be at peace when, the, when he comes back and puts things in order. So we've tried since the beginning of mankind to put things in order, but it's not, we're not capable of that because we continually stray from the standard. The standard is Christ and him crucified. And keep in mind that he loved us enough that he gave his only son. That we wouldn't perish, but have everlasting life. Hallelujah. She prays every service for me while I'm preaching. I want the gravity of where we are today and what we're preaching and what we sing to sink into us. We live in a time where there's not peace. The only peace comes when we quit taking names off of it and just submit ourselves to the Prince of Peace. 
Think back to your former life before you got saved and the chaos that went on. Genesis 1.1 says God created. There was a void that needed to be filled. There was disorganization that needed to be anchored to something. And what he did was the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the deep. In other words, God's Spirit hovers over discord. It hovers over a void, a nothingness. It hovers. It hovers over the Scripture. It hovers over our lives. It brings order and peace into our lives. If you're in here today and you're being tormented, I want you to know that the cross says perfect love. He's the only one that could love us perfect and forgive our sin. We can forgive one another, but He's the one that forgives of our sin, the first one. And the Bible says that we are perfectly loved. Now, I have to anchor what I know on that. I have to believe not just that He bore my sin, but He perfectly loves me. I have to believe that because it's what the Scripture says. I am perfectly loved. And perfect love casts out, casts out fear. We live in a time of a lack of peace and a time of fear. Perfect love casts out fear. So if we believe in the cross, we must believe in what the cross says. That Christ came and died for us and he left. He said, my peace I give to you, my peace I leave with you. This is the standard. Trust in me. Listen to what I'm telling you. Live by this anchor that you can rotate around. You know, I've looked at the grace of God sometimes like a trampoline. And I've shared this. How many of you ever been on a trampoline? How many of you know you can fall off a trampoline? If you look at a trampoline real good, you're supposed to stay in the sweet spot. You stay in that circle of protection. But one thing I know, you know, you don't want to be jumping on the springs. Because then you're just asking for trouble. But they're made in a way, if you really look at them, that they kind of sag in the middle. So if you start straying, start straying from the middle, what happens then is you, you start moving toward the... But the trampoline is composed with a little indentation in the middle, which will, if you get out to the sides and start jumping, the, the, the next thing is the springs, which you don't want to mess with them. And that's what man and woman in society messes with. They want to jump on the spring. But if you stay where you're supposed to be, it naturally kicks you back to the middle. Check out your trampoline. It'll help you stay anchored to what you need to be. It's made that way. Well, God has made us, and that's what grace represents sometimes. I have a lot of room in grace. I have a lot of room, but I don't need to misuse it and frustrate the grace of God. I can't insist on jumping on the springs. Because sooner or later, I'm going to get hurt jumping on the spring. But I need to keep myself anchored the best I can in the truth of what it is, that if I stay in the middle, I'll be all right. And that's what the Word of God represents today. It'll kick you back to the middle, if we get back to the simplicity of the gospel, that I'm a sinner, I need a Savior, He's the only one that could do it, He came, He died, 
He was buried, he rose again, and that is the gospel. And it's real simple. And we need to get back to the middle of the standard, and the standard is the word of God. Amen? You know, it's much easier to play a game if you know the rules. How many of you like football? It's okay to like it. I'm not, we're not them kind of people that say you can't do nothing. You're not supposed to enjoy nothing. In, in football, they have a goal post. And they kick field goals and extra points through that. That's what it's for. It's anchored in the field. And if you're going to kick the ball, you line it up. If you're a sideways kicker, you line it up. You see them, they got it down to an arc. You ever watch them? They go back two steps, then they come over this way, and they come over this way. They got a certain pattern. They don't just stand there and kick it from wherever they feel like kicking it because they won't get the field goal. There's a certain limit also. I think the record for the longest field goal is like 65 yards. So you don't try a field goal from 100 yards out. It just doesn't work. Man can only kick a ball so far. But there's a standard. And the standard is the goalpost. Can you imagine trying to kick an extra point or a field goal? If you go through your routine, you're ready. I'm going to do this. Two steps back. Seven steps over. Okay, now I'm ready. They focus in on that. Can you imagine the chaos if they moved the goalpost on you when you were set. What's the reference point? Keep that thing still. I, I need a reference point. I need some, well, the goalpost tells you whether you scored or not. If we move it all around according to society and according to what we want to call of ourselves, there's no standard to kick to. I've showed this before in this church. Monty Python had a, a thing about a hundred yard dash for people with no sense of direction. <laughs> Anybody ever seen that? They got 20 guys lined up and they're all getting ready to run the race. Just like we're running this race. Sophie's running the race. They're all lined up on the line, 20 of them right across and doing all this, they're ready to go. But there was one problem. It's the 100-yard dash for people with no sense of direction. Now let that sink in a minute. This is the society that we live in sometimes. Come here, come here, come here real quick. Matt, come here. Rick, come here. Starters there. You guys got your eyes on the prize, but you have no sense of direction. That's the world we live in without Jesus Christ as the anchor. I'm going to count it down. Get ready, get set, go! <laughs> Plumber coming down. Nobody got to the finish line. You know why they didn't get to the finish line? Because they had no sense of direction. That's why we need a standard in our lives and our standard is the word of God. Amen. Everybody get the point there. This is God's standard that he set up for us. This is God's standard. 
Now, just because them people had no sense of direction doesn't mean we hate them, but we need to point them to the direction. And the direction is in him. Amen? Amen. For God so loved y'all that he gave you a sense of direction. That if you believe in him, you would not perish, but you'll have everlasting life. And guess what? We'll make it to the finish.